0: You're listening to Family Rules, the podcast on BYU Radio, inspiring ideas, inspiring families. Hey, everybody, you're listening to Family Rules, the podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Walker, and your host is very excited today about the topic on the table. Today, we'll discuss finding joy in motherhood, and I want you to think about that word, Joy, when was the last time within this divine role of motherhood, fatherhood, even grandparenthood, when was the last time within these roles that you felt happy, like you felt a thrill about the work. You felt this sincere rush and this giddiness. You were having fun, right, raising and nurturing these young little spirits. My guest today is Rachel Nielsen. She's a podcaster. She's a mother of two, and she recently developed a journal dedicated to this very purpose, to helping women find what she calls flex of gold in our everyday. Listen as she shares three ways all of us can find those flex of gold, identify greater joy. In our daily life, she shares some awesome on the ground examples that I think through her lens will help you see how you too can feel happier in this mothering work that we do. Rachel, hello. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you. I'm, I have to be honest, I'm a little insecure on my end of the mic because you're the professional podcaster here. You're it. You've been doing this for more than three years.
1: Yeah, I do love podcasting, but you are most definitely a professional at what you do. So no, I did it's tell, an honor to be talking oh, to you.
0: You're so, I did tell Rachel before, it's kind of nice to not have to worry about the lights and cameras of a television studio, which is my home base and where I'm more comfortable. And it's so lovely just to have unrestrained amounts of time to talk to wonderful women like you. What got you? into podcasting originally?
1: Yeah, I was a stay-at-home mom. So I had been a high school English teacher before until my kids were born and went through years of infertility. So I was so ready to stop teaching and I thought I will just love every minute of these long-awaited babies. I want to be home with them 24-7 and found that motherhood is a lot harder than I thought. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Motherhood's hard? What? (laughs) (laughs) And stay-at-home motherhood was really hard for me. I really missed... Using, you know, my gift for teaching and my creativity, and obviously you use all of that within motherhood. But I missed teaching, Mm -hmm. and but I didn't want to go back full time, mostly because of all the grading that you have to do when you're a high school English teacher. Skip that paperwork. Oh, yes. So I decided to start my podcast as a way to teach and be home with my kids. And my podcast is three takeaways in 30 minutes. It's called Three and 30. And it really does like harken back to what I did because I often taught my students when they wrote a thesis statement to have three major points. So to take like a big complicated idea and boil it down to the three major points and structure their essay that way. And that's kind of what I do when I, in each of my episodes. So I feel like it has combined my love for teaching and writing and also motherhood. And it's been a great job for me to do from home.
0: It's interesting to hear you break down the structure because I feel that. And as a content producer myself, I appreciate good structure. It's good conversation and it's it's digestible. Like in 30 minutes, I can walk away feeling like I've learned something, that I have something I can improve upon. Do you have a favorite topic over the years that you've touched on that still resonates with you? Like, that was a good conversation. That was an episode. If I have to start here, if someone hasn't listened to your podcast before, what's a good place to begin?
1: Yeah. um, I mean, there's so many that I just love so much, all of them. But one of my favorites that I think about a lot that really changed the way that I do motherhood is I have an episode about how to become your child's emotion coach with Georgia Anderson, who you've maybe had on. Yes,
0: I know Georgia. I love her. And
1: she is a Gottman trained emotion coach. She's also a grandma. And I feel like she just has that perspective of these little things that we stress about as moms in the moment Don't matter as much as we think. And what matters more is loving our kids and teaching them how to manage their emotions. Mm -hmm. And so, in that episode, she walks through three steps to becoming your child's emotion coach. And I actually told her about a meltdown that my son had had. And she walked me through, like, this is how you can coach him. So, it was very applicable to me. Yeah. You're like, let me
0: bring my personal problems to work in this situation. Yeah, totally.
1: So And I do feel like it changed the way that I mother my children that episode did. And it's become more and more natural for me in the year since to, mm-hmm. to be their emotion coach. And so I'm so grateful for that episode.
0: I love that it was your personal experience that led you to what you do now through the podcast as you inspire other women and other mothers. You talked about a buildup, and I want to ask you about that. I mean, motherhood for so many women is this treasured—it's a calling, really, right? We feel like it's purposeful in our purpose. We feel like it holds meaning in our divine purpose here on earth. We feel like it's even, you know, in some cases, you know, God calls us to do this work as mothers, as fathers, as families. Do we sometimes go over the line a little bit and build up and romanticize what it should be or what it needs to look like? Is that is that a mistake you think women make?
1: Uh, yes, definitely. And for me, that was a very big part of my feelings of guilt around not loving motherhood as much as I thought I would, or Mm -hmm. not being quote as good at it as I thought I should be um, was because I thought if this is like my divine role and my calling and then why is it so hard for me? Mm -hmm. And so I think I felt a lot of shame that I didn't love motherhood. I thought I would, or, or the love stay at home. See, that's the thing it's, and, and I was mixed up. I, I thought that because I needed something else a different creative outlet that that meant I was less of a mother somehow it took or I wasn't away from
0: that divine yes, purpose. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. And so I had to sort of re redefine what motherhood could look like for me and realize that I was a good mom just because it didn't look the way that I thought it was going to didn't mean that I wasn't a good mom.
0: I love when women, I know this applies to you, it applies to so many of your listeners, and it's why they're listening. I love when women are thoughtful about the role. I love when they're trying to roll up their sleeves and figure out how they can dig in better, dig in differently. And through your own discovery process, you really landed on the word Joy, you know, we try to be as moms, good disciplinarians, good emotional coaches. In the, in the reference that you just made, but you think that we purposefully need to be seeking after joy in the role.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely, and and I do think that a lot of times what keeps us from feeling joy is our own baggage that we have around you know, our shoulds and the things, you know, um that are clouding our vision of the beauty that's right there, the beauty that's in our kids, the beauty that's in us. And we can't see it because we're so fixated on what we should be doing differently rather than just allowing ourselves to feel the joy of our life that is already there if we can just start to see it.
0: I love how you described that. It made me think of an online challenge uh, we produced about three years ago. I can't even remember the official title, but the idea was we look in on these mothers, right? These wonderful influencers and these beautifully staged moments. And if you break them down, I mean, if you take away the pretty filter and maybe the pretty poses and the perfect outfits, these are just moments like you could say, I'm going to stay home on a cozy, rainy Friday night, pop some popcorn, have some Julius. Now, if any mom really does that, we know what it looks like. It looks like toys all over the floor. It looks like bedhead and messy pajamas. And it doesn't line up sometimes with what we're seeing, right? These beautiful pictures of motherhood that we're seeing on Instagram. But what you're saying Mm -hmm. is it's, it's, it's in front of you. Like it's right there. We just have to look for it and see it for what it is.
1: Yes, definitely. And that is why I created my Flexo Gold journal is that um the the purpose of the journal is for moms to identify one golden moment every day that they have with their kids what's or it can even be that they have with them by themselves. What's
0: a golden moment by definition? Tell us what that looks like to you.
1: So to me, I feel like a golden moment is that that brief little moment where you where you feel something. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. It can be, like the other day, my daughter was laughing so hard at the Pets movie that she was watching. <laughs> yeah. And she like laughs without restraint. Like she hasn't <laughs> learned to like be quiet yet. The best. And so she was like guffawing at this movie. The best. And my husband and I like looked at each other with these wide eyes we were making dinner. Like, how can she <laughs> think this is this funny? And it's just like a moment where you feel... Yeah. for your kids and for your life. Even if she's been super hard all day, yeah. like in that yeah. moment, you can see this is beautiful and who she is is beautiful. So it's oh, like I love that. capturing that moment and then writing it in your journal that night mm-hmm. and writing down um, the specifics of it. Not just saying like, I love Sally's joyful personality, but saying like, I loved... Sally guffawing and cackling on the couch while watching Pets 2 tonight (laughs) and making eye contact with Ryan and realizing how lucky we are to have her. First of all, I want to know
0: how you spelled guffawing. No, just kidding. Secondly, (laughs) I love that it's the specificity, right? You're kind of painting this sensory story moment that I guarantee in not even five years, in one year, the way my foggy mom brain works, you're going to look back and be swept up in the emotion of that moment. And remember, that's valuable. That's powerful.
1: Yeah, well and I've I've heard and and read some articles that say that positive psychology has found that you do sort of relive moments when you revisit them, your body experiences them like a second time. It's almost as if you're reliving it. Right. And so you relive it when you write it down, but then you relive it when you read it again. And the format of my journal, it's a three-year journal. So every year when you come back around, you add a memory on the same page as the year before. So it's built in. It's like a time hop for your best moments where you read the memory from last year before you add your next one. And you get to relive it and kind of smile and laugh and think wow, I really do have a beautiful life, even though yes. every single day isn't this parade of magical moments one after the other. If you can even just find one thing. And like my, my moment that I wrote down yesterday was a moment that I just had by myself. So it doesn't always have to be with your kids. I think a lot of them will be that. Yeah. But my moment from yesterday was having five hours of quiet work time. Oh. My kids, my kids are only only go to school two days a week now because of COVID. Uh-huh. And it's and we just came off of Christmas break when they were home all the time, you know? Right. And yesterday sitting at my desk, I felt it. All of a sudden I felt this like this rest washed over me of having this quiet, undivided time to pour into my creative work. You we're in
0: flow, isn't that what they say? You were in flow. Yes. <laughs> and I
1: so appreciated it mm-hmm. because it's so unusual now. Yeah. And so I wrote that one down. So it's just noticing the moments in your day mm-hmm. whether they're with your kids, with your partner, by yourself where you just feel that little spark um, that makes you think I'm I'm grateful to be alive. I have a good life even though there's plenty of very hard things that I deal with every mm-hmm. day. There's those if there's those little flex that can flex. kind of get you through.
0: It's the perfect word because they can be fleeting. And first I have to compliment you on the physical product. Rachel was kind enough to send me a flex of gold journal. It's gorgeous. I mean, linen cover, thick pages. I almost felt it was so almost it was so pretty. I almost didn't want to write in it, but I've started the practice in just the last couple of days and I totally instantly see the benefit. So my moment from yesterday, I guess this speaks to the word fleck, where they can be fleeting little moments, mm-hmm. but I took my 5-year-old Emmy picked her up from ballet. We swung by the local neighborhood nail salon to get a gift certificate for a friend who needs a pedicure for her birthday. And I knew as we walked in, there was going to be a battle because any little girl that walks into a nail salon and sees the pretty rainbow bottled polish, you know, on the, <laughs> there's going to be a bag, right? And I was prepared mm-hmm. for that. Right before we walked in, I grabbed her hand. The ice was kind of slippy and, and, and slidey. And I grabbed her hand. And before I could do it, she gave me a one, two, three squeeze, which is our little code in our family. I love you, right? Saying the words mm-hmm. without saying anything at all. And I was, I mean... Every time I grab her hand, I go to do that, and she beat me to it. Her little pudgy <laughs> five-year-old fingers, one, two, three. It was a moment. I got a little choky, like it was one of those just, you know, flex of gold moment that you described. Then, of course, we walked in the nail salon. She saw the rainbow bottles of nail polish on the wall and started to beg to have her nails painted. So it didn't last long, Rachel, but is that the point? They can just be minutes or moments in our day, but if we highlight them and bring them to life, they become something?
1: Oh yes, and they become even more weighty um, mm. because you've noticed them, and and the metaphor of the flexible journal it it comes. There's a story told in a in a general conference talk, um, a sermon for our church that was by M. Russell Ballard, and he talked about a miner who, in the California Gold Rush, went out hoping to find huge nuggets of gold. He thought that he was going to go and find these big nuggets of gold and um, strike it rich. Mm -hmm. You know, and day after day, he dipped his pan in the river and he wasn't finding these big nuggets. So he was ready to go home. He was tossing all these rocks aside. And an elderly prospector came by and said, there's gold right here. You just have to know where to look for it. And the elderly prospector cracked open a rock and showed him all these little flecks of gold. And at first, the miner said, I don't want those little flecks. I want the big nuggets like what you have in your pouch because he could see that the prospector had a weighty pouch and the prospector, the old man opened it up and showed him that it was just the accumulation of thousands of little flecks of gold. Mm -hmm. And when I heard that story, I was a brand new mom, really discouraged. My baby was super colicky. He's adopted, so I'd waited all these years for him and then he was really colicky. And I just thought, where's the magic? Where's the big nuggets of joyful motherhood that I thought I would have? And I, I heard that story for the first time and I thought... It's right here. I just have to look for it. I have to collect those flecks and they will accumulate and they will become weighty if I give them the weight that they deserve. If I can notice the moment, the three squeeze, the I love you squeeze, yeah, if I yeah. can give that more weight than maybe the whining that Mm -hmm. happened after. Or it was a tantrum. It was
0: a full-on tantrum.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like I choose which one I give weight to and which one I let sort of pass me by. I choose which one I remember and which one I sort of make indicative of my daughter's personality. Like I can decide whether my daughter is a whiner or whether she is sensitive and sweet Mm -hmm. who sometimes whines, like depending on what moments I decide to give weight to. So I feel like this journal is a tool for that.
0: What a great journal. Again, it's the flex of gold journal, helping us identify and find more joy in our motherhood. Rachel, another thing you say women can do, or you encourage women to do is to practice... Things do things that make you feel like a good mom. Explain this.
1: Yes, um, another thing that takes a little bit of awareness. You have to notice. You have to, you know, be reflective enough. In your daily life to notice the things that give you that little zing that make you feel like a good mom that that come naturally to you or fun for you. And this is going to be different for every woman and they may not necessarily follow a checklist or be what you would think would make you feel that way. But if you start to notice the things that make you feel like a good mom, you should do more of those things. Mm. So you should schedule them in and make them part of your daily motherhood and really emphasize them. And I'd say the same is true if you notice that there are things that make you feel like a bad mom, even things that every other mom does, you don't need those things. Really mm-hmm. focus on and and give weight to, going back to that same metaphor, the things that that make you feel like a good mom, if that makes sense. There
0: was a meme floating around. It's been about a year and I wish I had it at my fingertips, but it kind of went through the different types of mom strengths out there and tied it back mm. to a benefit for my kid. So like I'm grateful for the Pinterest mom because my kid gets to attend her party or I'm grateful mm. for the, it's this idea of the village, right? We all have strengths. We all have weaknesses. And if we can use each other and leverage each other toward those, those, those moments, then we're all better because of it.
1: Yes, yes. And I think like for me, one thing... I love to read to my kids. I'm a former high school English teacher. So that's something that I've made really central because I feel like a good mom when I do it. Mm. And sometimes I'll think, ugh, like the house is a disaster. We hardly ever have home-cooked meals. You know, all these things and I can sort of start to feel down on myself, but I'm like, but I read to my kids. (laughs) I read to my kids every day, you know? And it's also sort of a tool that I have learned to rely on when I'm in a low place, Mm. when I can't really... I'm not at my best in any area of my life, including motherhood. And I know that to just go back to that tool. So if I'm really struggling with my temper or I'm feeling really depressed or whatever, I just like grab the stack of books and start reading to them because it makes me feel like a good mom and it's important. To feel like a good mom on a day to day basis. I
0: think what you just said is huge. It's important to feel like a good mom on a day to day basis. I was saying to my husband not too long ago, and we were entering the throngs of of winter here where where we live in Utah, and I was saying, I wish I was more of an adventure mom because winter takes hold and we are confined to the playroom and to the basement. I'm not the go hike the mountain, especially. I'm not the go hike the mountain mom any day of the year, but especially when it's like coated in snow and freezing outside. (laughs) And so I was telling him, I wish I was more of an adventurist. Like, I think our kids. Benefit from getting outside more and having a mom who's a little more brave and a little more fun. And he quickly jumped in. I'll give him credit. He goes, Yeah, but you throw some pretty wild dance parties in the kitchen. And I thought, You know what? I do. I do. We crank that, Alexa, and I know how to shake it and bring it. So that's it, right? Highlighting our strengths, playing those up, not just for our kids' benefit, but for our own success and validation.
1: Yes, yes. And I love what you said there about. The village, yeah, because I think that it's if that's something that you really value, like you know, you really want your kids to get out there climbing mountains even in the winter, yeah, you could find somebody or some opportunity for them, great point. and it it doesn't all have to be you. And I yeah. think that moms really feel like we need to fill every single need in our children's life. And that's just not true. And I found that when, I went back and forth. I I had a so much mom guilt about putting my daughter in pretty much a full day preschool. Um, when I right after I started three and thirty and I realized that it was gonna be more than I than just a little side thing that I could do during nap time. And I loved it. I loved it and I wanted more time to do it. So I decided to put her in this full pretty much full day preschool and I felt guilty about it. But over the months, I saw how much those other women were bringing to her life that were things that I, that were gifts that I didn't have. So she went to this little Waldorf preschool where they baked bread and they did. Um, hike day once a week, which is what made me think of this. Yes, yes. Through the winter. I live in Sun Valley, Idaho. I mean, snow it's a mountain town. <laughs> Through the winter I shouldn't complain and the about snow, snow.
0: <laughs> to, an, to an Idaho girl. <laughs> well, I mean, they
1: bundle these little toddler, these preschoolers up and they do hike day and the kids oh. love it and the teachers love it. And she'd come home at the end of the day, happy as can be with these little rosy cheeks yeah. being nurtured by these wonderful women that had different gifts than me. And my mom guilt melted away as I realized over time that it was okay that she was being mothered by other women Mm -hmm. and that it counted as nurturing. I was nurturing her by giving her opportunities to be nurtured by other women who had other gifts and that it didn't all need to fall on me.
0: What great perspective. So that's been
1: a huge that's been a huge way for me to find more joy in my motherhood is letting go of the pressure of needing to be everything for them and allowing other people to be something to them too.
0: You touched on a word that you directly associate and attach to the word joy, and that word is needs. You say if needs are met, joy is felt. What type of needs are you speaking to?
1: Yeah, I think I'm speaking to the mom's needs there. Like if your needs are met, you will feel more joy in your motherhood. So it's not all about meeting your children's needs. You have needs too, and they need to be met in order for you to be able to feel happiness. And I think a lot of us default, especially I think when like, when I was a new mom and you're just navigating that role and figuring it out. I felt like if I put my needs... First, then Mm -hmm. that would be selfish. But it's not even about first. You know, Dr. Julie Hanks, who I love, who you may know as well, she talks about putting yourself in your own circle of care. So she talks about how in a family, everybody's needs matter, not more or less than anybody else's. Mm -hmm. So it's not. Obviously, it would be selfish if you were putting your needs before your children, but your needs are as important as your children's needs. So not more, not less. Everybody in the family deserves to have their needs met. And I think that's a bit of a shift for a lot of women in motherhood to figure out how can I meet my needs and theirs Mm -hmm. in a way that we all feel good about. And you just kind of have to experiment a little bit with that. But there is nothing that's the joy out of motherhood more than feeling resentful, Mm. burned out, and being a martyr, yeah, like you're just yeah. not going to be able to feel joy. But when one person's d- needs doesn't have to life.
0: compromise or take away from another person's needs. You can strike no. that balance. I remember as a brand new mom, it's funny to look back on those brand new mom moments when I had one baby <laughs> in the care of my home and my, you know, and and my and my person. And now I have three, soon to be four. And it, you, you grow, right? You expand. So I tell you yeah, stories. Oh, you like,
1: totally do. I get a
0: little embarrassed, but I remember at one point, newborn at home, and I remember thinking, okay. I'm gonna do the laundry, I'm gonna clean the bathroom, I'm gonna bath the baby, and then I'll let myself like it was, and then I'll let myself have lunch. And mm-hmm. I had this moment where I was like, no, wait a second, I'm hungry. So why am I putting three tasks ahead of this basic, you know, substantial need? I'm gonna have lunch now, and then I'm gonna bath the baby and clean the bathroom and put away the laundry. And it was such a silly, I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but a silly little shift like, I can feed myself first. I can you yeah. know th- those simple needs, and, and I'll be a better mom because of it is the default line we go to, but there's there's truth in that.
1: yeah, oh, for sure. And I think about going back to Dr. Hanks's you know teaching that our needs they all matter. Everybody's circle of care. Everybody's yeah. needs yeah. matter in the circle of care. You would never tell your baby or your child, you can't eat. Until and I'm tell. done with this to do list, right. if I mean, as you get older, they, you can develop patience, and of course, there's times when you put off your need temporarily because you know your children need yeah, you or that's whatever.
0: Sacrifice that's but love. with
1: your example. With your example, you wouldn't tell your baby, no, to-do list first and then I'll feed you. So why do we do that 12s right. um, when we have needs just like us in the family right. that need
0: to be? Right. Here's what's beautiful about all of these points that you've made. And I just love your your wisdom, Rachel. You found such a wise voice and a measured perspective that I that I really respect. But as we talk about finding those gold flakes, those gold moments, as we talk about doing things that make us feel like a good mom, and as we talk about saying out loud those needs, Needs and making those needs happen. You say all three of this require a different pace, a different speed of living. And here we are coming off of this COVID year. And I look back over 2020 at the time of this taping, um, we are looking ahead at a new 2021. But I look back at 2020 and think, when this slower speed was enforced on all of us, at first mm-hmm. we were frustrated. Then we fought against it, I think a little bit, at least I did. And then we almost reached this place of acceptance. There was a shift and a click, like, I'm going to go with this flow. You say that flow ultimately will help us do all of these things and, and help us feel joy.
1: Yeah. Yes. I think that in order to love your life and enjoy your life to the fullest, you have to be able to... you. The pace needs to be slow enough that you can even be present and notice the beauty in your life. You need to be able to notice the golden moments. You need to be able to notice the things to do as a mom and that your needs. You need to be aware of them and notice them. And you can't do that if life is moving at such a frantic pace that you just go from one thing to the next without that second of reflection of this feels really good or I'm really happy right now or, oh, I think I'm hungry or I'm burned out or I need more socialization and, and how can I get that need met, you know? And I do think with the pandemic, so so many of us actually, I think it was forced upon us, but in the end, really appreciated yes. that so much was taken off of our plates. Yes. And I have often thought like, are we just going to launch right back into it? I've had the same like, thought. You know, and and forget that the slower pace feels good. And I mean, it's up to us what we decide to add back in. But I have a counselor. I I see a counselor online. She's actually in Canada. Hmm. I know very little about um, basketball, okay. but she tells me that the team, the basketball team in Toronto where she lives is known for slowing down the pace Hmm. and she gave me this metaphor. Again, I don't know if it's true. I've never watched a basketball game. You're going to talk
0: sports to us, aren't you? Yes, I love the metaphor.
1: (laughs) She said that like when they get the ball, they slow down the pace, and that's what they're known for, Uh and the ball's in their control, and they just... Move a little slower, okay? Become a little more deliberate, where, you know, and and slow down the pace of the whole game in a good way uh-huh. so that they can be more intentional about the moves that they're making. they're in control, yeah, yes. And so she has encouraged me to like get the ball and slow down the pace, slow it down. So she's like, if, you know, you're in um, situations where other people are like pressuring you to do something or you feel this frantic pace around you, like you can take a deep breath Mm -hmm. and slow it all down for yourself and for those around you if they are willing to go along. And if not, they can keep going on their fast pace. Sure, But you can stay in your slower pace and just be more intentional in, in the game because you've slowed down the pace. I hear you and that's do that in your
0: podcast interviews. You'll have guests who are obviously a little nervous, I'm sure, anxious, excited to share all this information and get it all out on the table. And I, I feel you, you know, through the airwaves, I feel you do that with your guests to slow them down, <laughs> to pace them down a little bit. And it ends up being an extra meaningful conversation because of that pace.
1: Oh well, that's funny because I think you just did that for me. Which- I don't know. I don't know. I'm one of the <laughs> which silly is I was going, around. and you like, you know. I do think that that's something that you know, as an interviewer, yeah. you do get you get you know, skilled at, mm-hmm. and you can do it as a mom too. You can do it as a partner, as a wife, as whatever, just to sort of slow down the pace so that you can handle your life a little bit better.
0: Yeah. I'm reminded too of an analogy from Elder Dieter Uchtdorf, who's a religious leader for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He was an airline pilot, a commercial airline pilot in his professional life. And this has often been shared, but he talked about how when you hit the bumpy clouds, when you hit the the turbulent air that I desperately fear as a passenger. He said the inclination would be to speed up and to blow past those bumps and those quote-unquote trials, if you will, air trials. But he said airline pilots do the opposite. They actually slow the aircraft down so that you don't feel the shock and the you don't absorb the bumps as intensely as you would at a higher speed. And heaven knows motherhood brings some bumps on the daily, right? I'm thinking of a whole oh, gallon yeah. of milk that went over my kitchen floor just this morning. And if we're able to slow down and pace as you talk about, I think those bumps might feel a little, a little less uh, frustrating as well. Yes, Absolutely. Oh, Rachel, I could just talk to you all day. Flex of Gold is the name of the journal. I really would encourage people as a practice to look into this because like I said, I'm two or three days in and I felt it. I felt the payoff. Ultimately, Rachel, how do you know if you're absorbing the full joy of motherhood? Is there a benchmark? Is there a standard? When you're putting these tips and these tools and these techniques into practice, how do you know you're doing it? Like I'm really seeing the joy that's in front of me and I'm really opening my arms up to all motherhood can offer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is such a great question that I have never thought about. How do you know if you're doing it? I think if you're happy, you're doing it, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, If you feel content and grateful most of the time, it's not going to be all the time by any means, but if you feel joy in your daily life, you feel like your life fits you and not like you're being kind of fit into a, a box or a mold that doesn't really fit. If you feel content and comfortable in your life, then you're doing it. And if you don't feel that yet, you can. It's just, it may take some creativity and some tweaks, asking for support and people to help you and slowing down enough to notice what needs to change and then getting creative and figuring out how to change it. But I really believe that moms can feel joy in their daily life. Uh, and they need to, and they deserve to, and that's what I'm so passionate about. Oh,
0: your passion just drips out of you, and we're better because of it. Rachel, thank you so much. Where can we get more information about your podcast, Three and Thirty, and also the Flex of Gold Journal?
1: Yeah, so my podcast is on any any podcast app. It's Three and Thirty, all separate words, takeaways for moms. My website is 3 and 30 podcastcom and the journal is available there, Flex of Gold, and I would love for people to come join the community there.
0: You have built a great community. Your light is strong and it's felt. So thanks for sharing, sister. Love you. appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. I love this conversation.
0: You've been listening to Family Rules, the podcast on BYU Radio. Today's topic... Finding Joy in Motherhood with Rachel Nielsen. If you liked this conversation, if it resonated with you, we'd invite you to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Family Rules, the podcast, is a production of BYU Broadcasting.